The views expressed in this podcast are solely those of the speaker. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not a substitute for professional medical advice from your own physician. My name is Zori Booser uh, from University of Southern California. Uh, Mark Irwin from the University of Toronto. I'm assistant professor in the Department of Surgery and uh, Orthopedics and Neurosurgery. And we're talking about intradiscal biologic therapy today, I think, right, Zori? Yes. Yeah. So tell me, maybe, uh, you know, from your expert opinion, what, what do you see as the obstacles to any kind of effective therapeutics in this space? So I think it's uh, multi-level in the sense that disc degeneration, low back pain, spine pathologies are very complex. And when we are talking about disc regeneration using biologics, any type of a biologic, we uh, mostly rely on animal models that can't really replicate what we are seeing in patients. And every patient is a different patient, has a different story, different comorbidities. So it's challenging to create a therapy that will work for everyone. So I think there have been great developments in technology with the new imaging modalities that can identify hopefully different markers so that we can guide our therapies to better understand which part of disc degenerates and which one needs regeneration, obviously nucleus. And that's one obstacle. I just think the pathology. The other obstacle is all the different therapies that are out there that, again, primarily it's basic science research, very limited clinical research. And I know that you do uh, a lot of stem cells and the cell the research. So what is your opinion on all those uh, studies that have been done with stem cells, numbers that are ranging from 1 million to 40 plus? And yeah, no, I agree with you. And, and it's a good point because we don't have uh, the best modeling in that, you know, a 50-year-old human is not the same as a 12-week-old rat or a six-month-old rabbit or something else, right? So those are limitations for sure. We, we haven't, we done, we're just starting with stem cell work. Okay. We've done quite a bit of notochordal cell work mm -hmm. and, and, and secreted protein analysis and injection of recombinant proteins that we've sequenced from notochordal cells, which are, as you, know, as you know, are abundant in dogs that never get disc disease versus beagles that do. So we we're interested in finding out what does the disc do in health? Mm -hmm. How's it different from degeneration? So we're, we're pursuing that. And we got some, a recent new publication coming out soon. We think may shed some light. But the point is, any injectable biologic, particularly a protein, has to have a ligand. It has to act as a ligand, rather, on a receptor. And, if this, and as we know, it cells um, and the disc degenerate, you have progressively fewer viable cells. And mm -hmm. if there's progressively fewer available receptor sites, what's the biology to act on? So then you mentioned stem cells, right? So th that's, as you know from our, ta our, our session yesterday, yeah. uh, that's a whole new ball game. Right? No one's really shown that those cells survive, what they do. And you said from 1 million to like 40 million, how many do you put in there? What's, what's their role? How do they work? So you're right, it's a lot of hype, don't you think? There's a lot Absolutely. of hype in this area. Yeah, and I, I think, and the other thing, might that I see as a challenge is, as you mentioned, um, some work on or focus on stem cells, some focus on proteins, but I think we need a combination. And there are groups that work with gels, hydrogels, yep, yep. which obviously when disc degenerates, we lose that disc height and we n just injecting cells won't help. 
Yeah, I, I agree. And the thing is, like, you know, when the disc starts to get near, the question is how much is too much, right? Yeah. So once you've lost that height and you've lost the internal integrity of the extracellular matrix and the actual, you know, nucleus configuration and the annular bulging and the tears, what can you really expect to, to recover? Mm -hmm. Is it possible to jack up the disc like a car? I don't think so, yeah. right? So the question also would be when do you intervene? You know, probably I think we'd agree earlier is yeah. better, but then the question is, well, if the, many patients get better from herniated disc, for example, mm -hmm. uh, and some people degenerate disease, their symptoms wax and wane. It, so I, I think it's really the ones, if we could, like a biomarker is probably one of, the, one of the ultimate quests, right? If we could figure out, as you alluded to earlier, who's like, which is the patient we should treat, right? Who's, who's more amenable to this kind of therapy? Again, should it be cells? Should it be cells plus hydrogel? Yeah. Cells plus hydrogel plus protein? And then, of course, you face the regulatory. Issues, that was right? Because yeah. it is such an onerous hurdle. It's expensive to make cells, or not make cells, but to, to establish a cell lines, for example, mm -hmm. that, will be, that would meet regulatory approval. Proteins, you, know, under, you require all kinds of regulatory hurdles, and that's a lot of money. And you can't get that kind of money from typical federal or other grants. So then you have to look at partnering with, with industry, and then there's all kinds of issues with that too, right? So the thing is, I, I, I I'd like to get your opinion. Like, it seems to me it's, it's a ripe area. I think it's waiting for something. The question is, what are we trying to achieve? I think ultimately it's pain, right? That is, I believe, and that would be our ultimate goal, to help with pain and yeah. restore function, function and uh, overall patient quality yeah. of life. But yeah, exactly. I think it's a long quest. And it's difficult, right? It yeah. is and, uh, and very knowing, challenging. And knowing where the pain comes from exactly is not simple and no. is, you know as you know by this biochemical there's um, biomechanical and there's psychometric aspects to pain so being able to distill down what the intervention because a person's got a sore back doesn't care if their collagen type 2 is better right Absolutely <laughs> they want their back to stop hurting no they <laughs> yeah so i think we we had to do a better job at trying to figure out where this pain is coming from and if and if we can do that maybe tailor better our therapeutic as yeah. to where it might go. And that's another question. So you mentioned stem cells early, early in hydrogels and stuff. Like. So how do you see that a stem cell application? Like, What do the stem cells become? It, that's a good question. And that I think that's the other issue with regulations because stem cells are, by definition, immunomodulatory cells that can become anything. And I think that's been misused. And because if they are processed within the same day, they're minimally manipulated tissue, which does not require FDA uh, right, approvals, right. and then it can be used without real evidence. So, but this is uh, an environment where not too many cell types can survive. So, just putting a cell that it's unnaive and undifferentiated, it's really hard to tell if it's going to become an apoptotic cell and just go down that degenerative path. Absolutely, the not. niche is different. And you yeah. take bone marrow stem cells, they're highly oxygenated, they're, they are immune modulatory, stick them in the neighborhood, they don't understand. So I think the question, the question of which stem cell might be uh, important. And if you don't, if, it's a, if you take them with the person the same day, how do you know what they are? Because you, you can't do cell selection, you can't like flow cytometry yeah. or otherwise cell sorting. So you're sticking in cells of this bone marrow that most of them want to become blood cells or hematopoietic. Yeah. So this is another problem, right? It is. We, do, we, don't, we don't know who's going where. And Absolutely. And if patients have risk factors, Sure. those yeah. cells are, in a, I don't want to say dysfunctional, but 
we can't really predict what they are going to do. No, I, I, so I agree. Um, so I, would you say that, I think we, we, ha we only got a minute or two left here, yeah. but do you, th do you think maybe then the answer is, or that's your opinion, where, where do you think we are with all this? I think we, I think we have few things to do. Um, I believe we have basic slash translational research there to show that there are certain promising therapies, if that's cell therapies, growth factors, or, or uh, biomaterials to guide this regeneration. But we have a disconnect with clinical portion. And one of the other issues is patient education. I think they just hear stem cell. Oh yeah. And that sounds very interesting, very fancy. It's a catchy word. Right. So I think that we as a group of scientists and researchers, clinicians, have to maybe explain it in a simpler way for them to truly understand what those biologics can and cannot do at this moment. I think that's a really good point. Uh, all about uh, expectations. Yeah. If you tell patients, we're going to inject you with stem cells, they think, oh, you're going to build me a brand new disc. So I, I, think it's I think it's a really good point. We have to sort of scale back a bit and say, well, what, what's reasonable, what's realistic? And I think you hit the nail on the head. It's great talking to yeah. you. Yeah, it was good talking <laughs> okay. to you.